For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. Reminder, please continue to rate and review us on iTunes. Shows that get more reviews get more attention. People get to find us, and it helps you help us game the system, get us more listeners, and, of course, some sponsors, which we're slowly getting some traction with. Alex, we're 25 years... <laughs> we are 25 days away, and it could be 25 years. Uh, can you believe it? What's up? I, I literally had this teed up to say, I'm just surprised that time still has meaning, and you just nailed it, man. All right, let's get into it. So, obviously, big news uh, as of when we're recording this. Pence and Harris had the debate last night, and honestly, by this year, it was kind of civil. They knew and they covered it up. President Donald Trump did what no other American president had ever done, and that was he suspended all travel from China, the second largest economy in the world. Whatever the vice president is claiming the administration has done, clearly it hasn't worked. Joe Biden says democracy's on the ballot. Make no mistake about it, Susan. The, the American economy, the American comeback is on the ballot. Joe Biden believes you measure the health and the strength of America's economy based on the health and the strength of the American worker and the American family. I don't know who picked these clips, but he is so calm and lying. Like that, I think, is the contrast, right? I thought you picked these clips. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody seems to think that Harris won. That's what these kind of... You know, overnight polls are saying for what it's worth, though, because we can't really get away from Trump ever. The debate commission immediately moved to saying that the second debate is going to be virtual. And Trump already said he wasn't participating. And I know there's been some back and forth since. Have you heard anything about it? I mean, for all we know, something has happened in the last 20 minutes. Well, no, now he's saying that uh, he wants to do a live debate because he's he's clean. Uh, Look, first of all, in the VP debate, uh, they almost never matter. And I don't really uh, think this one uh, changed the the race in any in any way. Um, The thing that's. Uh, VP debates are usually do if you if you want to really measure whether uh, somebody did their job or not. It's about it's really about revving up the base. Um, even the attacks on the other side are more about revving the the base up than actually trying to move uh, undecided voters uh, in a VP debate. I, I think uh, Kamala Harris hands down uh, did a much better job of that. Uh, than, than Pence, uh, regardless of what the, 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 the polls say about who won. And, and it, it, but Pence was literally, uh, you know, did he do a good job? Yeah, probably. Uh, but, but, you know, you, the problem for him is j- doing the standard VP debate where you're trying to get your, you know, energize your base. Um, 
take some pot shots at the other side, but even the pot shots are about energizing your base. That's a problem when you're sitting at 40 in the polls nationally, 42. Um, and so, you know, one of the things, uh, so I think Kamala fair, pretty clearly did her job. Um, the fact is, I don't think there was any way, you know, Pence's problem was he was stuck trying to convince America to reelect four more years of Trump's chaos um, while while trying to use some of that to 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 gen the base up. Uh, I don't think that's that's going to work to get the the five, 10 points they're going to need to even be in the race. So uh, I thought uh, for a lot of reasons, even though VP debates don't usually matter um, and they're about uh, uh, giving some energy to the base, you look at it on merit. Kamala uh, did a better job and frankly had an easier job uh, uh, than Pence. The other thing, though, that I think is interesting is, um, you know, if you were watching this debate and you thought, geez, this one's sort of normal. Um, it just, again, even the debate itself was a contrast, a stark contrast to the chaotic debate that Trump created last time. So again, I keep going back to that contrast that's driving this entire race. It's chaos versus calm leadership or chaos versus community. Um, however, I mean, some some version of that. And I don't I think this debate uh, as you know, it, it was pretty uh no one really answered that both of them were guilty of not answering a lot of the questions, but it was a, a fairly civil, uh, decent debate, except for the, the fly um, that, you know, I just think was making some kind of comment. But my point still is that I think um, the calmness of this debate, not, not that it was a great debate or, or even a normal uh, with the plexiglass there, um, but that it was it was more like what we're used to seeing in a civil debate in which Pence paid homage to Harris, Senator Harris on the stage. But I think um, the gender gap didn't get any any better for the for the Trump Pence ticket uh, uh, with the way Pence uh, kept just kept stepping on uh, on her, interrupting her. And again, something all of us uh, need to think about. There is a, 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 a bias uh, and she took it on. And I think a lot of women paid attention to that. So, uh, look, I, I think hands down, she won the debate. I, I don't think, uh, you know, Pence, he had an audience of one, uh, which was also a problem. Hey, look at this stupid, crazy thing Trump did. Are you going to support it or not? He he may know politically it's better to to move away from that, but he still knows there's one guy watching who's gonna like, you know, be ticked tomorrow morning or on a, in a tweet five minutes later. So I think that was there, the, that was the unspoken thing throughout the entire debate um, that just sort of left Pence in it. Basically, ask me a question like that and let me walk all around it, but I'm not answering it. So that's, that's, that's what was going on. Joe, uh, shortly after we finished taping last week, sometime like in the middle of the night. Uh, I hate that when it happens. I know, right? As if we don't have enough going on during the day. Uh, you mentioned this in the first topic, but obviously the big story this week, probably way bigger than the vice presidential debate. Donald Trump tested positive. Fallout's kind of still being sorted out, mostly because we have no idea what's true and what's not. President Trump back in the Oval Office for the first time since testing positive for coronavirus. I feel like perfect. 
I want to get for you what I got, and I'm going to make it free. Another focus, that Rose Garden event where some guests were tested, but we saw no social distancing and few masks. Instead, President Trump actually telling his supporters that he intends to return to the campaign trail very soon. However, his doctors are not so optimistic about that, saying that the president remains contagious. So I don't know if you noticed if you saw his his video that he did. I think it was today or yesterday. There was some debate over when it was taped. But halfway through it, he's like looking dead in the camera and there's like a massive jump cut where it gets a lot closer to him. And everyone started realizing he was lying. I swear you've taught me that before. If you're going to look in the camera, keep it straight. Don't screw around with the zoom. But that literally happened, I think, today or yesterday. Yeah, well, the jump cut means that there was a screw up, that he said something they don't want you to see, and they started over again. So uh, God knows what that is uh, or was about. But look, the, look, the, this is a disaster. We, it, you don't need me to tell it because everybody in the planet's been saying that for a couple, you know, for the four or five days now. Uh, you know, the president wanted things. Uh, everybody to think everything was back to normal. Economy's coming around. We're past, we're around the corner on COVID, uh, and was doing everything he could um, to make the next twenty five days about anything but COVID. Anything, law and order, riots and looters, uh, you know anything. Uh, and you know the problem is. Uh, because he was reckless, uh, because he was undisciplined, because he was trying to signal that you don't have to be careful, masks aren't important, uh, or belittling Biden in the last debate for wearing a mask, um, that it came back and bit him in the ass. Uh, And now he's got, uh, uh, it's no longer possible. I mean, the rest of this campaign like it or not, for Donald Trump and his campaign is going to be about the failures of this administration on COVID and not just the disaster in the hot uh, spot in the White House, but the same reckless disregard for the truth and telling people the facts um, uh, created hot spots all over the or helped create hot spots all over the country. Um, And the president takes no responsibility for either. It's now, like I said earlier, the Gold Star family event may have been where he he got the the COVID virus from from Gold Star families. Of course, we still haven't addressed the suckers and losers thing uh, that that those families had to hear uh, prior to that event. Um, And so in any any case, I think, look, the the real uh, problem here is that he he had one thing going for him in all this. Um, And this is the really, just the total recklessness of this guy, that the one advantage he had on Biden, even though it was dwindling and and smaller than than it had been in past uh, uh, weeks, was the economy. And then in whether a steroid rage or whatever, he goes out and says that he's, he, is personally stopping all negotiations on a stimulus package to help people out there, uh, small businesses, folks that are unemployed, people who can't afford the rent or struggling to find a way to to afford food even, Um, not to mention cities, 
uh, in localities that are having to lay off police officers and firefighters and first responders because of the, uh, the their lacking revenue and no no and, and hoping that there's some help from the federal government. He 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 says no mas we're I'm telling my negotiators to withdraw. We're not we're, we'll do it after the election. Well, he's now risked the one the one area still people were giving him some credit for um, in recent days, that's dwindled now to almost dead even, I think. Um, and even Biden going ahead on who's best to handle the economy in a few polls. He's really just can't get out of his own way. He is uh, a chaos machine. He can't stop himself. It's almost like that wasn't even the biggest story, right? It's that how, what the ripple effects of it were. And obviously, you're kind of seeing it ripple through uh, a Senate that's already got kind of their priorities all out of whack. What do you think about with McConnell rushing, obviously, even with three key members of judiciary testing positive? What do you think of McConnell's decision to get the SCOTUS thing done before the stimulus package? He's going to do if there's any way possible that he can do it, he's going to do it. Look, it, I, I've been saying that there's a lot of things I've been saying for months. But the one thing I've been saying since this uh, vacancy happened is, um, you know, it, it, Mitch McConnell knows the political situation. He knows that Donald Trump's not going to be reelected. He knows he's going to lose the majority in the Senate. And this is going to be a Democratic Senate uh, that's elected on uh, November 3rd. He knows that. And all the Democrats can be, oh, don't say that because we got to get everybody. Everybody vote. Vote and vote big and get a plan. Get your people, get three more people to make a plan to vote with you. Talk to a Republican that you know that you stopped talking to. Get them, try to move them over. But yeah, it, it, you know, so I'm not saying, oh my, you know, this isn't about, hey, you don't have to vote. We're going to win. No, this is about Mitch McConnell. They track in all these races. They track nightly, nationwide, Arizona, every one of these races, Georgia, Alabama, Kansas, all of them, Maine, Colorado. They're in, they're in there, Iowa. They know whether Ertz is in trouble or not, and she's in trouble. So he knows it's over. He knows that they're going to lose this thing. There, ergo... You got a vacant Supreme Court um, vacancy. You do it now. You do it right now while you still have the power, while there's a president and you have the majority and you ram it through. That's what he's going to do. And the reason he's going to do that, even though in a lame duck, he would still have his majority. It's not that Mark Kelly might be there. Uh, and so he still needs three votes. It's that in, in that kind of wrecking ball defeat, the, the, in which Trump goes down and they lose six, seven, eight Senate seats, the aftermath of that within his own caucus, where, this, where some of them, Romney, Collins, Murkowski, um, that are still, still there during the lame duck, Murkowski, uh, you know, uh, Collins would be one, um, decide they're going to do the right thing. Right? Um, they're... I'm done. I lost. I don't need to pay homage to Trump or McConnell anymore. I don't have to worry about whether I have an office uh, uh, overlooking the Capitol or in the basement. 
I don't have to worry about whether my bill is going to be on the floor, McConnell's going to put it on the floor, or whether it's going to be stuck in his desk drawer for another three years. I don't have to worry about any of that. I can do what I, I can do what's right. He doesn't want a chance. He's not going. He, by the way, he knows they'll screw him. He's screwed them for three, four, since he's been the majority leader. Their bills live or die based on whether he vote, whether he puts them there. And if you have any, if you think twice about that for a minute, you know how many hundreds and hundreds of bills that the House has passed that have never gotten on the Senate floor, not not to pass or fail, but even just so you could have conference over them between the Senate and the House and fix them and come to some agreement. He hasn't allowed any of that. So if you're Susan, if you're any of these in his Republican caucus, he knows it, once he loses that majority on November 3rd, he can't count on it. Ergo, I'm going to lose that majority. I'm going to do it now. That's what Mitch McConnell's doing. He's going to keep doing that. You mentioned that McConnell pretty much knows he's beat, and a whole bunch more polls coming out this week kind of confirm that, Joe. If they're even close, we're about to see a, basically a historic landslide. I, I'm not sure I'm there, there yet, but a lot of the polls are. This is a wow. The largest lead of the race for Joe Biden, 57% for the Democrat, the former vice president, 41% for President Trump, a 16-point spread. The battleground state polling also overwhelmingly show a Biden advantage, 12 points in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, comfortable Biden Biden lead in Arizona. No Republican has won the White House without Ohio in modern times. It's a tie right now. Joe Biden has widened his lead over President Trump here in the Sunshine State. Biden 51 percent, Trump 40 percent. 538, which is a poll aggregator, says right now the odds of Biden winning the Electoral College are up to near 83 percent. I bet somebody's been saying that for quite a while. I I, no, I think back when, back when, no, 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 back when Biden was up by only like three or four nationwide, I think there was somebody saying, watch what's about to happen here, that this was 1980, not, not, not 2016. Stop letting the ghost of 2016 freak you out. Just get the vote out, do your job, work hard. We're going to kill this guy. Biden, Biden just dropped a big ad buy in Texas. I mean, it's at least yes. six million bucks. And he, by the way, more importantly, I think he's the only one on air in Iowa, Ohio, and Nebraska. So, Joe, I got two for you. Number one, why should I trust any of this? And number two, why the hell is Biden throwing money at Texas? They've been the most disciplined Democratic campaign we've seen in a long, long time. They kept focus on their 270 uh, electoral vote strategy plus a, a small buffer. They stayed with it. That's where they spent their resources. That's where they spent their time. Um, I see this as not them abandoning their discipline, uh, but, but two things. One, if you've already decided uh, a month or two ago that you're going to spend uh, – 28 million in Pennsylvania or whatever their their budget on TV, get out the vote, digital campaigning, how many days they're going to spend there, those kinds of things. Um, and then all of a sudden you fall, you, you come into 400 million more dollars. Well, yeah, you, you already have stuck to your strategy. You've budgeted for it uh, for the win in Pennsylvania. And now you add 10 million dollars to it. But you find out you still have 200 million left over. Um, at the same time, the race is widening, uh, your lead's widening, and places like uh, Ohio and Texas are coming into play. 
And you could, you know, what, you're going to spend 20 more million in Pennsylvania where you're up by 13, 14 points right now? Um, no, you don't take money from Pennsylvania. You keep it there. You keep your focus. But where do you move that money? Oh, Texas, you're down by a few points. Sure, it's tough, but also it now looks like, and it now looks like, particularly from the last uh, few days of polling in the Texas Senate race, that damn thing's a dead heat. Corden is actually only a point or two ahead. So spend six million bucks there, put some capital on the line, make a case for unity and coming together. And you know what? You might end up with those electoral votes but more importantly, you may end up with that Senate seat. So I think what you're seeing here, why is Trump not spending in Ohio, even though it's Biden is closing? Simple. He's so low on money, he's got to pray Ohio happens because it's Ohio. Right, because the fundamentals, if he spends, yeah. Right, if he spends three or four or five million there, uh, he, 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 that he needs in Arizona or wherever the hell they think they can make up, you know, that if, as long as Ohio holds, holds, I mean, they may need it in Florida. You're still tr- trying to fight a 270 strategy. So what do you, you, you do crazy things like go into Minnesota, which they did. That's not working out. That was money wasted. So I think what you're seeing is Trump's money is, and the Republican money, not just for Trump, but everywhere is shrinking. They've got to retreat, not out of giving up the state. They're not giving up Ohio. They're just making a bet that they'll eke it out uh, and taking their money to Florida or someplace else that they've desperately got to hold uh, uh, and where it's competitive. Now the problem for them is Joe Biden is loaded and he's actually already budgeted for his 270 strict disciplined campaign plus a few buffer states and now has so much money that he's fully funded all those efforts and now he's opening up uh, further not in the way Clinton did in uh, 2016 but in a very disciplined way uh, looking at which Senate races are in play where where it's close enough to make it a, a real impact and maybe even a long-term view of building uh, a, a stronger presence in a state like Texas so there's a three for in Texas he could maybe win the electoral if not and he he, he may not but he could uh, pick up help pick up that Senate seat. And, or the and, state house, and, yeah, yeah. And the, or the state house. That's right. And and at the same exactly, uh, and, and at the same time, uh, by picking up, uh, uh, making a run at the state house, making a run at that senate seat, making a run at the electoral votes uh, in, in Texas, uh, put the party long term in a much stronger and competitive uh, place vis-a-vis Republicans in in a state that they they only two years ago or four years ago. No one would have thought it possible. So I, I think there's some real strategy, real discipline here. It doesn't mean you could relax. It doesn't mean you take a big breath after you hear this podcast. It means keep doing what you're doing. If we all do it, we can win this thing as big as I think we need to, not to just avoid the election day shenanigans of these jerks, but to but to just put them away. And it's really happening. It really is possible that this is going to be 1980, not 2016. So one thing that 
is like I feel like they're almost grasping at straws at this point. But uh, one of the big Republican talking points this week was voter registration in a couple of these key states. They are out registering Democrats by like hundreds of thousands of votes at this point in like Pennsylvania and Florida. Uh, how do you see that playing out? Uh, that makes sense to me. I mean, look, they they the, I think it's been baked in the cake. The this chaos versus you, you know calm leadership. Uh, I don't think I think they figured out a lot. That's why they were pulling down TV left and right in Michigan and some of these states and then trying new things on television and digital. It still didn't work. I think they they went back and said one chance, one chance only. We can't change the vote that's out there and it's going to come out. We got to we got to make get more people out there who have never voted before, get them registered, get them out. Um I think that may be another um, futile effort. Uh, these are all people who didn't come out in 2016 f- for him um, against Hillary Clinton. Um, Joe Biden doesn't engender that uh, uh, what she did with a lot of these folks. Um, and I think there's a, a that, that look, if I were them, that's what I would do. I would desperately try to do that. I'm just not sure that's going to work. Let's get to the listener question. This is from at Hannah P529, interesting last name. Hannah P529 wants to know, Senate race in North Carolina, obviously Cal Cunningham stuff had quite a shakeup on, I think it was Friday night. Tillis tested positive for COVID, and then it was revealed that Cal Cunningham's the whole sexting thing. How does this matter in the Senate race, and could it play any role in the presidential election? Well, one, it won't play any role in the presidential election. Uh Two, I don't think it's going to play any role. Either one of those are going to play any role in the North Carolina election. I think it's going to be a wash. Uh, I, again, I think things are pretty much locked in. You look at uh, in in North Carolina, uh, Biden, uh, I think, is at 49, if I remember right. Uh, Cooper, the governor's at 49. I think Cal was at 49, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you got kind of like this thing where everything's sort of in concrete on both sides. Tillis, by the way, is down at 43. Not saying it won't tighten up or anything, but in the end, no. I think people want to end this. I mean, the the group that wants to end this, that wants um, just uh, is looking past all these things, particularly with the craziness of the president and, uh, and all the the lies and things that he's said. I mean, a lot of the stuff's gotten kind of normalized now, uh, unfortunately. Um, I mean, maybe not, but I'm just saying, no, I don't think it, I, when I saw that and I saw everybody's, you know, hair go on fire, um, oh my gosh, uh, we got to find another seat to give to, uh, this is horrible. I was like, kind of like, no man, it's like, he's going, he's, I still bet, would bet Cal Cunningham wins that seat. Not again, not just because of his own strength, but because of sort of that divide. But that basically Trump creep keeps creating, right? He, this is what I'm saying. In all these states, whether it's a two point divide or a 14 point divide, who's the guy that goes out every day and says, "Stay divided, stay divided." No matter what's going on out there, no matter what's happening in the race, stay divided. Um, there's one 
party right led by Biden who's saying, no, we got to come together. And I think the group that wants to come together and stop the division is is ignoring this stuff Um, in a lot of ways, just like the group that loves the chaos doesn't care if 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 Trump shoots somebody on Fifth Avenue, they would ignore he he must have had a good reason. They're going to ignore it. I'm not saying it's a. Uh, a great trait, but I think that's what's happening. And I think it's all been caused by Trump. He is messing his own game up for these Senate races where they cannot get away from that divide that he's created, even when a Democrat screws up. Joe, far be it for me to not do anything but pay rapt attention to the podcast. But the AP just broke that the commission on debates is not going to go back to an in-person debate and is sticking with virtual no. <laughs> well, well, we'll see what Trump does with that. Look, like I said earlier, we talked about this. He's either uh, he, he, he has to look at Joe Biden on ABC doing his town hall, everybody watching that. And he's not the star. You know, now I guess he could just tweet storm all the way through that. Uh, but I don't think that's going to dig him out of the hole he's in. On the other hand. Doing a virtual town hall with Joe Biden and doing 90 more minutes of public screaming is probably not going to get him out of the hole he's in. So I don't think there's a win-win here for any winning strategy for him, but that won't stop him from trying. Uh, you know, from from yeah, I mean, he's got a losing strategy either way, and he's going to pick one of them. First of all, I want to thank our crack reporter Alex for his digging during this uh, podcast taping. Uh, But thanks to all of you for listening to that trippy show. A reminder, if you have a question, please submit it on iTunes in the reviews and help us game the system by uh, giving us five stars when you're there. And also, and this is probably going to catch Alex by surprise, you can email us at thattrippyshow at gmail.com. Damn it, he is sharp. Get us the, if you uh, email us some questions there or comments, uh, I'll do my best to answer them, even if it's in an email and not on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you listening. Alex does too. And we hope you'll come back next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.